classes in session for the black and nerdy. Welcome to the Blurred Alliance University. Let's go. Blurred Alliance University, you know what it is. You rocking with J-Rock. Make Fly Smith. So, we were supposed to do this episode for Juneteenth, but you feel me? Life was life in. Niggas honestly wasn't feeling it. Life was <laughs> really going, life in. Bruh, not even finna hold y'all. Like, we not gonna put out no bad product. You feel me? Our product always gonna be pure, always gonna be right. And if we would've did that shit for Juneteenth... Yeah, I was not you happy, man. You would have just been listening to two angry niggas just going off the whole time. <laughs> Y'all heard me annoyed on here before, so <laughs> imagine me, if I'm angry and J-Rock's angry, it's just not going to work. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have been good. So, of course, we came back, we regrouped, you feel me? We feeling nice, we feeling good. So, we're going to go ahead and move. <laughs> like we had a meeting. <laughs> hey, we low-key just did. <laughs> <laughs> we did, bro. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I'm glad you said you didn't want to do it, nigga, because we... Because it's true, man. Like, there's no way people think we just happy all the time. I'm like, yeah, oh, nigga, yeah. I'm not in the mood. There's no way. So, of course, we back at it. New episode, but we still going to keep the vibes going. Because, I mean, talking about black art and black people and black cinema, I feel like that's what we do. That's what we want to do. That's what we love. And that's where our passion's at. So we're going to keep that same energy from Juneteenth going on into this episode but of course we're just going to start off with a little bit of a reviews and then we're just going to hop into our love for black cinema you feel me so the reviews i think are important especially now since there are so many projects that are black led poc led that are doing very well at the box office and off rip if you're looking for a review of the flash you're not getting that shit here because we ain't watching that shit we haven't watched it we're not going to watch it no we one watched well it <laughs> Hey, that shit. Bruh, I just saw uh, that shit had like a 75% drop. <laughs> bro, WB might not be a fucking studio. <laughs> I'm telling you. Keep that same energy, bro. Because I cannot. Shit is yeah. So, of course, like I said, you ain't getting that here. But we're we going to rewind it back a little bit. Because we never got a chance to talk about Across the Spider-Verse. And the absolute peak that that movie was. I mean, I know y'all been hearing about it. I mean, it's been out for, what, three weeks now? Damn. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't really know what you're doing. So, <laughs> there ain't no spoiler warning. We we hopping straight into this bitch. But honestly, that, I feel like, is the best Marvel movie that I've ever seen. Live action, animated, I don't give a fuck. And I'm going to just leave it there for now. But what you think about it, fam? No, truly. Um, I can honestly say I agree. Especially the way it ended and so many people's reaction were, you know, damn. I could have sat for what, two, three hours. Like Mm -hmm. you could have kept going and I would have sat in there to me. That's what makes a movie like me wanting to stay for as long as possible, not wanting that moment to end. And that's sort of how it was. And like, cause I remember sitting there, I'm like, damn, bro. Like, there's no way this is going to keep going. Right. (laughs) Like like, this has to be over. (laughs) Cause you know, like they announced about part one, part two, what? hell on go nigga like mm-hmm. i completely forgot mm-hmm. so when i'm sitting there i really looked at my phone i'm like i've been in here for a cool like hour and 30 or something there's no way this movie can keep going for this long <laughs> that's it just cut off <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh <laughs> now i remember and that yeah. was the reaction of the whole theater it was like what the fuck and it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah there's a part two you assholes but yeah no bro that shit that shit was incredible 
like truly incredible in every way. You know, seeing a different Miles Morales, bruh, like he was really hood. He was really, really fucking <laughs> gutted, nigga. That nigga in the trenches, nigga. Said, we don't got a Spider Man out here. Big dog, everybody, it's every man for himself in this motherfucker. Earth 42 ain't nothing to play with, nigga. <laughs> that nigga said, we ain't got no Spider-Man. It's Prowler in this motherfucker, nigga. <laughs> like, that shit, I don't know. Did you catch I mean, all that? I didn't. I'm not even gonna lie. Because I saw, of course, after the movie and stuff, and people was going back watching the first one they're like that's why the spider was flickering because the spider wasn't from his universe but i didn't catch i'm not even gonna lie i didn't catch on to that shit i did not Man. and i think that's beautiful writing and storytelling when you can go back to something that happened so early in the first movie and it all makes sense and it all connects like they they did they thing they from the writers from the to the animators to the people behind the camera, because like we were talking about, like looking forward to the movie and stuff. There are three directors; one of them is black, and making sure that your love for the culture sp- speaks through your art. You feel me? Like even from the nuances with black culture, with Puerto Rican culture, with his mom, from the monologue that she had telling him, like you're not gonna be welcomed and invited in certain spaces. And that being an allegory for being black or being Puerto Rican or being a mixed race in certain areas and spaces where we haven't been welcomed in forever. Like, hey, this, and that's not even talking about the action. You feel me? Like, right. the action, I saw that shit in 40X. I was floating in that motherfucker when they was swinging. I was floating. <laughs> and when they was fighting, it's like, oh, shit. Like, bro, even in the beginning, remember when Gwen was on the drums? Yeah. And the 40X, they had just shit still rocking. What the fuck? That's dope, man. (laughs) It was dope as fuck, bro. Like that that's up there one of my favorite theater experiences, like of all time. I feel that. I feel that. Seeing 40X was smart, honestly. I should have did that shit to be honest. Cause like, no, truly. It was I don't know, bro. It's not a lot of animation that really just make you like like damn, like this was on um how to turn your dragon type vibe. You know what I mean? It was really just to that point where it was like you know, one thing we've always said about animation is we like when you age them because it mm-hmm. makes you feel more realistic. And mm-hmm. I feel like they were spot on with Miles, you know, being a teenager, people telling him what he should do, where he should go, who he should be. And I was just like, bruh, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, all the monologues, all the talking, like everything was so perfect. Like when he was telling his mom that he was Spider-Man, obviously she didn't know who mm-hmm. Spider-Man was. But even mm-hmm. then, that shit was gut wrenching. Like I was scared. I was like, "Oh yeah. my gosh!" I'm like, "Nigga, get the fuck out!" <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's dope because it's like we could have seen two sides of how certain parents react. Like you seen Gwen, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, her dad thought she was you know a murderer. Like you killed yeah. somebody. So it's like, nah, get the fuck out. But it would have been cool to see like how his parents would react, being that you know we'll always love you. Like, will you? Will yeah. you actually? That's the yeah. question. And I hope we find out if they actually will, because it's definitely going to happen in part two. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I think we're in a great space of character driven stories with superhero movies, because you hear people talking about superhero fatigue and right. I ain't really feeling that. I ain't really trying to go see it. There's so many superhero movies out right now. But these stories that are based in character and just rich in character. Because, I mean, yes, this is Miles' movie, but you can also see it as much 
of a movie as Gwen's. Like Gwen's right. character arc through the movie was so well written and so well done that it's like you could see it from either perspective. And like you said, there are direct parallels because Gwen, when she when her pops found out, that nigga pulled a gun on her like she Bruh. wasn't even his <laughs> kid no more. That nigga was like, oh shit. Like, and that's kind of what Miles was fearing. Like, I don't know if I could tell him they're gonna think I've been lying to him this whole time and I don't know how they're gonna react and stuff. And Gwen firsthand experience, she like, don't tell them niggas, bro. They not gonna look at you the same. They not gonna look at you the same. But and then for her whole character arc to her coming back to her universe, her dad coming to grips that she's Spider-Woman. It was like such a beautiful character arc. And even going back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with Rocket's character arc. Right. Through the actually through the whole Guardian series, his character arc and each one of the Guardians character arcs as well. Everyone grew so much to the, the point where at the end of the third Guardians of the Galaxy, you felt like everything was worthwhile. Like you, right. every movie you saw with them was like, this was this is the ending that I wanted to see with each character. And even if it wasn't the ending you wanted to see with each character, the ending still made sense because the story was so rich and they understood what each character's motivations were and how they would grow as people. Like, I get the superhero fatigue thing because some superhero movies, of course, it is right. just mostly focusing on action and and not really focused on the characters, the story that much. But when we get these type of movies, that shit beautiful, nigga. <laughs> like, that shit is so nice. I mean, I feel like that should be the point. You should yeah. want people to connect with you for that long term. Because it's like, how do you have a franchise? Like, look, look how people still react when the Transformer movie comes out. First thing we think of is Shyla. And all three of those weren't even that great. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, it's like, you know, you put enough effort into something, people are going to be like, damn. This is all I want. I could watch one through nine, which I had to be honest. <laughs> mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, yeah, what do you think? So if you're saying Guardians, do you think all the other ones, like trilogies, lack that? Like Captain America, Iron Man? <clears throat> I don't think so. I wouldn't say all of them lacked it. Thor lacks it for sure, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> like, let's keep it a butt. Like, <laughs> Thor, that, that. <laughs> That shit definitely lacks it. Because they didn't know what the fuck they was doing with this character. Right. You feel me? The nigga was different movie to movie. Like, first two Thors, he was, like, uber serious. He was really Shakespearean. And, like, in the way he talked and the way he acted. Third Thor, total deviation from the first two. He was funny. Nigga was cracking jokes. As soon as it started when he was hanging from the ceiling on the chain, basically <laughs> in hell, the nigga was cracking jokes. The nigga was like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me turn back around. I can't see your face. That's your crown? I thought that was an eyebrow. That nigga was like quick with the shit. So like, and I enjoyed that Thor. Like that Thor was cool. Infinity War Thor, right after the third one, he's still like, right. what you can still see him from Ragnarok. And I feel like he was a perfect mix between Ragnarok Thor and the first two Thors. In Infinity War, and I feel like Infinity War was the best version of Thor we ever got because he was the perfect mix, and you could see him start to grow like a lot. He was like, "I've lost everything. I need to kill this motherfucker for real." Like he took away my people, he took away my brother. When me and my brother just got on good terms, like I'm gonna kill this motherfucker, and he was so badass in Infinity Bro, War. He was so dope. Then in Endgame, of course, he was dealing with PTSD and stuff like that, and I feel like they could have handled that way better than just the fat jokes 
that they had because you could have still had him get fat but like his character was just there to be a punchline for most of the movie like there was i feel like there was one good scene with fat thor as far as character development because i mean of course the fight scenes at the end were fine right but the scene where he talks to his mom again when they travel back in time and she's like you're not my thor but something's happened to you and they had like that heartfelt moment that was a great moment for him but then right after Endgame, then going into Love and Thunder, it's like, all right, y'all, y'all just threw away much. everything that happened to him in Infinity War and Endgame. And it, it's just something you can't even recognize anymore. Yeah. So I'd say Thor definitely lacked it. I think Iron Man, of course, his character arc was was pretty good. Right. I'm not saying all his movies are good, because they're not. But his character arc through all through the MCU was good. I feel like Captain America's was good as well, just going from a soldier, not knowing what your purpose is, to finding out taking orders isn't the best thing for the world and finding out S.H.I.E.L.D. is really Hydra and him going through kind of his growth process and not being a soldier anymore and actually just being human and doing what feels right instead of just following orders and trying to find his place in the world without war. Um, I know some people are mad that he went back in time to stay with Peggy. I mean, I don't really care. I don't care it, enough. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely a choice because, like, I mean, he kissed Peggy once, and like, we supposed to believe this nigga, <laughs> this nigga just was whole life with her, and he kissed like her family member from the future. They was oh, probably yeah. finna fuck if he didn't leave. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, but I can see what they was trying to do. You feel me? Right. But I think Thor has the worst one for sure. But what you think? No, yeah, I agree. I was just curious because you know a lot of people complain about that. You know, like you said, hero fatigue, and I just mm-hmm. feel like you know the reason why we love these movies were so much is because we connected with these characters and they definitely grew a lot in each of their own stories. Obviously, we had Avengers and all that, but I feel like their solo films there was some part of them that we got to know, and that's how I feel what we're getting with Miles and Gwen, and it's like we're still learning who they are and who they're going to become which I hope we get more of, obviously, in part two, because, you know, they teamed up and yeah, you know, they was ready for action. <laughs> nigga, that team is stacked, nigga. Stacked. Got Gwen, Peter B., Noir, Penny Parker, Peter Porker, got Spider-Punk now, got Spider-Man India, got Spider-Bite. She not even there. The tech is fire. She not even there. She a whole avatar. She can do whatever she want. Like, bro, that team is stacked, bro. And Sweet. Miles was taking on all the Spider-Man by himself. Imagine him with a team. Bro, that's Stop playing with my nigga. Crazy. Stop it was playing with my crazy. nigga. Crazy. It was like, I got y'all all the way out here. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nigga said, it's a leap of faith. <laughs> nigga jumped off that motherfucker. <laughs> He's so smooth, bro. He's so smooth, and I feel like so many people underestimate his intelligence. But you yeah. know, most Peter Parkers, what? They're all smart. So it's like, how do you, how do you not think that he didn't get that gene? You know what I mean? So it's like, this nigga, he really went to shit, and he's really clowning y'all, like he's yeah. mocking y'all. And yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. I love that. He shit. was talking Hopefully that he don't shit die. too. He <laughs> was talking that shit. Everybody keeps trying to tell me how my life's supposed right. to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing, bitch. But if they would have added a bitch, I wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad at it. Like, call I'll that nigga it. a bitch, bro. Call him a bitch. 
Because <laughs> I was with him, I'm telling you. Like, niggas was really on his head. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Get off my nigga. Right. You choose to be Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? And how you know this wasn't in the web of life? You feel me? Like, how you know it wasn't all planned so that I was still... That's just real, nigga. I'm surprised they didn't introduce Madam Web. But like, for real, how you know this wasn't supposed to ha- actually happen? Like, I was still supposed to get bit by Spider from another universe. Like, you mad because you wanted to go play house in another universe that wasn't right. yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, don't get mad at me. That's all you, nigga. That's how this whole shit started with Kingpin trying to play house. Like, That's nigga. what I'm saying. Like... <laughs> Don't be mad at me because your little house fantasy ain't work out. That's on you, big dog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Truly. And then come to find out that they have different versions of the movie in theaters. I just read that, bro. That is crazy. And, of course, with that news, a lot of the visual effects and animators said they were very much overworked, which definitely sucks. They were just like, the timelines and everything is like, bro, when these visual effects and animators unionize and strike on us, the entertainment industry is done for. Like they gonna learn, bro. They gonna they want to learn the hard way, nigga. Yeah. You can't put these things to work and then not pay them or compensate them in any way. Like that animation was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So to me, if I'm the one behind that's doing that, and the only thing I get is my name at the bottom of the credits that no one's reading. Oh, nigga, you gonna have to pay me handsomely. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. You didn't do none of this work, nigga. You just overlooked the product. The guy made the product. Yeah. So, yeah, we still with them. We so, still with them. Heart goes out to them because man, they got them in sweatshops, nigga. Like nigga. these deadlines and stuff. And they said they had story rewrites. So imagine like animating a whole scene, and that scene changes dramatically, and you have to reanimate the whole thing. And that type of movie, nigga, that animation is so detailed and so different that that's not a small feat you feel me like you got i mean they animated uh spider punk he had like four different frame rates just for him like his jacket was a different frame rate than his body literally so like that look man give give the animators and visual effects artists they respect give them they respect give them they time give them they money because they out here doing god's work this shit was beautiful beautiful so again if you haven't seen it by now i don't know what you're doing actually just to go back a little bit when we were talking about character development outside of the mcu and just talking about marvel in general wolverine had a great character arc from the first x-men into logan right no like, question yeah i just I thought about love, that logan's fucking incredible uh, <laughs> logan Logan's up there for one of the best comic book movies of all time, too. And I feel like people, for some reason, like, they remember it, but they also, like, don't remember it. And it's like, nigga, that was, like, rated R at that time, too. So that was, like, like nigga's like, oh, my God, he cussed in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, what? My nigga, my nigga Logan slice <laughs> nigga's heads off. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck what you talk about, nigga. Give me that. <laughs> Try to see a nigga leg get sliced. <laughs> right. Deadpool 3 gotta be rated R, for sure. It better it gotta be. be. So again, cross Spider Verse, dope as fuck. I know we talked a little bit about Transformers and Rise of the Beast. I think that's top three Transformers movie of all time. 
I mean, if you love Transformers, if you, I don't know, if you, you just love action, really, I feel like Rise of the Beast is a great way to just get out the house, turn your mind off a little bit, and just have some fun with the movie. And again, Black-led, POC-led, got Dominique Fishback, got Anthony Ramos, got Toby. I mean, this movie definitely surprised me. Like we was talking about before, I'm a fan of the Beast Wars um, animated series. As a kid, I mean, growing up, that shit was fire. Like, I loved Beast Wars. I think I liked Beast Wars more than the actual Transformers cartoon. Like, that shit was fire. So going into this movie, I was excited, but I was cautiously optimistic. It's like, this could suck, because, I mean, the Mark Wahlberg ones, those were the last ones we got, and them motherfuckers are, <laughs> are just oh, garbage. Terrible. Of course, we have Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld, and I do enjoy that one, too. But... The last like full Transformers movies were the Mark Mark Wahlberg one, so I was like, eh, I don't know, I don't know. But going into this one, I mean, the soundtrack was fire, set in the '90s, so it has a lot of '90s hip hop influence. Even the new song they had in there was a banger, especially when they played it at the final battle. That shit was fire. Um, the only thing that I think they held back too much on was not including more animals, like not including more of the beast transformers because right. what they have four that uh uh they have maximal they had air razor cheetor and the rhino yeah they have four and really <laughs> maximal was the only optimus primal was the only one that had extensive lines Everybody else barely spoke. Air Razor did too because Michelle Yeoh voiced her, but she died. <laughs> so then the other two, they barely spoke. You barely saw them in a fight. And for a movie to be titled Rise of the Beast, I would have just liked to see them more. A lot of more Maximals would have been nice. But all in all, I think it's a very enjoyable movie. What you think? No, yeah, it, it was good. Like you said, it's like, you know, don't put beasts in the title if there are none. You yeah. know, and you know, we seen them in the beginning. Obviously, they didn't return until what? Pretty much <laughs> the very end. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like I came here for the beast. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, I like you said. You know, it's robots fighting robots. Like, how couldn't you not like that? Like, mm-hmm. that's some cool ass shit to witness. You know what I'm saying? It always looks great. You know, mm-hmm. they do a great job on them. You know, I love Optimus. Bumblebee always will. But I still feel like it's always that kind of same story where it's like, oh, shit, Optimus is dying. Oh, shit, Bumblebee's dying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, nigga, there's other people involved. Like, bro, how many times y'all gonna kill these niggas? They treat them like Goku. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, truly, nigga. It's like really they're just killing Uncle Ben over and over again. And it's like nigga, yeah. why? Why are you doing this? So it's like it's cool. I enjoyed it. Um, but like you said, you know, I wanted more beast. Um what's his name? What's the dude in the heights? Anthony Ramos. Yeah. I enjoy him too. Uh, I don't know. I just like him. It's weird. I don't know what it is. He's just funny to me. Like he's just funny ass weird guy. So I think I think with him he brings uh, like a everyday kind of nigga vibe to the movie. Yeah. You feel me? Like, I feel like he's a nigga that you could just meet at the gas station or like 7-Eleven right. and you could just chop it up with him. Like, right. 
I feel like he's one of them. And for it to be set in New York at the beginning of the movie, and he's from New York, Dominique Fishback's from New York, it did bring like a sense of like, this is an actual lived in place. Like it's right. not like you're not watching actors, you're watching people just act naturally. Right. Like this is how they would act every day. That makes and I sense. think I think that's why we like rock with him as an actor. Um and for me, Pete Davidson actually carried most of the movie. Like he surprised me as Mirage. I was actually really laughing, <laughs> like for real, at some of the stuff he was saying. Pete is and I feel like funny. <laughs> bruh. Like and I funny. think I think it's because watching <laughs> SNL, I don't think SNL is funny. Like SNL no. will have like one funny skit out of every season to me. But being like watching him in that is like you're not fun. Like I don't get the hype about you. No. And then watching Transformers, especially with just voice acting, um, him and Anthony Ramos had great chemistry with him just being a fully CGI character. Like that, that, he had better chemistry with Pete Davidson's Mirage than he had chemistry with Dominique Fishback with an actual person that was standing there. And like, I know we talked about it before, and it just felt like Dominique Fishback was like, like the way they wrote her character, she was great in New York. And I feel like that brings me back to the point of these people were just acting naturally, like this is how they right. act every day. But as soon as she got introduced to the Transformers, it was so disconnected. It felt disjointed. Like you could tell she wasn't in the room with anybody that was like actively trying to help her. Like I don't know how to explain it. She just felt so spacey. Like I don't know. No, don't... it's true. It's true. Like it felt like she wasn't even a part of the movie. She was just yeah. Like... And yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. It's just the way it wasn't her. It's the way the story was. Like mm-hmm. they just kind of kept her off to the side. Like she was like investigating pretty much the whole movie. And I don't know why that fell on her shoulders, but it did. So it was kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, like she made this, she made the discovery of a lifetime, really. Discovered right. the maximums. Like she's the one that discovered the maximals and the key and stuff and knew where they were. She figured out the key. Like she was very important to the story and keeping it moving forward. But I feel like that's the only thing they made her. Like I feel like they didn't make her an actual character. Like, they were just like, she needs to be here because she moves the plot forward. Like, she's the smart one. She's the one that's going to figure out the hieroglyphs. She's the one that's going to figure out how to shut down the um, the Unicron. And she's she's just going to figure everything out. But when it comes to actual interaction and building chemistry with other people, it's like, it feels like the writers just said, well, we're not going to do that because she doesn't matter. It's like... <laughs> It's like her chemistry with other people doesn't matter. And I feel like what also held it back is that they didn't know if they wanted her and Anthony to be romantically involved or if they just wanted them to be friends. Like, it's like they were tiptoeing that line the whole movie and it just made it awkward. Like one moment they were fighting, another moment, like when she almost died, when Air Razor almost killed her. Right. And she... She was just standing there. Anthony ran over and was like, are you okay? Oh, my God. Are you good? He was, like, rubbing her face and shit. And she just stood there and was like, oh, they have the other half of the key. <laughs> she just walked away. No, was for real. Like, was this supposed to be a heartfelt moment? Because, like, I, I didn't I feel it. I don't feel it. And I think, I think that's the problem. And that's what I said, bro. I feel like 
a lot of the times when they make these movies, they somehow, some way want it to basically be, you know, Shia and Megan Fox. And it's like, mm-hmm. like, I think you need to figure out your own style and stop trying to base it off that. And mm-hmm. like, it's just not like, there's nothing wrong with being platonic. You could be platonic yeah. in these movies. I mean, we're only here to see the robots. So it's like, I don't really care what you do with them like that. So yeah, I don't, I don't know why they do that. You know what else I was thinking? God rest his soul. Michael uh, Clark Duncan would have been great as the gorilla oh. dude, bro. His voice, he would have matched so fucking perfectly. R.I.P. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bruh. Hell yeah. As soon as I seen him, I was like, oh, this could definitely could have been Mike, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would have been amazing, bro. <laughs> Damn. It would have been fucking perfect, bro. Oh, that would have been so dope. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Like, as soon as I seen him, I was like, oh, bruh. Oh, Mike's fucking big, strong-ass voice. Oh, my God. Obviously, we didn't see them much, but I still would have enjoyed that. But, I mean, like we were talking about, Primal, he had a lot of lines. Like, as soon as we did see him, him and Air Razor had a lot of lines. Um, But the other two, they was just there, man. Like, they maybe had one. I don't think the Rhino talked, nigga. I don't think the Cheetah talked. The cheetah talked once. The cheetah talked once. I remember he talked, but I don't think the rhino ever did. Like oh. they were just like, "Hey, there's a few <laughs> animals, nigga. Rise of the beast, motherfucker!" Like, <laughs> what do you mean, rise of the beast, nigga? They're not here. <laughs> They're not here. <laughs> so, but uh, would you rank it like a strong three? I give it like a strong, like a strong three. I give it a strong three. Because it was still a very fun movie. Like, it was just fun. It was fun. And they didn't do anything to make it ass. I feel like they were tiptoeing the line of it being a good movie and then just doing enough not to fuck it up. So I feel like my top three, in no order really, are the first Transformers, the third one, The Dark of the Moon, and then Rise of the Beast. And Bumblebee is like right after that, and then it's all the other, all the other ones. I don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> like all the other ones just suck. Like they're not good. I watched those for the robot fights, and that's it. But those top four, I think, are are actually fun and pretty good films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll say one, two, Bumblebee, and then I'll put that one four. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. And with. Them introducing G.I. Joe into the mix. Right. Because I know Hasbro owns both. So, of course, everyone's trying to get their little cinematic universe going. And speaking of, of course, superhero fatigue, do we have a shared universe fatigue, too? Do you feel that at all? Like, with people always trying to connect things? Like, how do you feel about that? No. No, I don't, actually. I, I Honestly, when I saw the G.I. Joe, I was pretty hyped. Because what? And then the cartoons and the Channing Tatum shit we got. Yeah. Nigga, that's it. <laughs> like, they have not been touched or thought of or or anything. Even, mm-hmm. like, because they did make a number two with The Rock in that shit. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, it's like, after that, nigga, it was scrapped, like, shelved. Like, no one touched it. So, I mean, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm not hating it. I do love G.I. Joe. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you. They were fucking dope to me. So, I'd be down for it. Um. I hope, but like you said, it's like just depends on how they do it. Because it's like I feel like everyone kind of is like 
hesitant with their projects and it's like they're putting half half in and then the rest they're kind of just like i'm scared shitless so they just let it be whatever yeah i hear you on that and i'm i don't really have share universe fatigue either i mean if it's done well go ahead do that shit man if you got multiple properties and it makes sense that they cross over like by all means go ahead try it see what's up um i think with gi joe it's hard to tiptoe that line between a fun military movie and just military propaganda. Right. Because I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to do with the first two, with the Channing Tatum and then the Rock one. The Channing Tatum one, I think, was more fun than anything. I mean, they're not good movies, but you can still find a little bit of enjoyment in them. I, I still liked Marlon in it, especially with him like Same. getting a chance to kind of show off his like action hero. He was government issued. You feel me? Like <laughs> nigga got the suit and started going crazy. Hey, that scene was fire though. I'm not gonna lie. No, the suit was dope. Suits. Like that those scene, suits were cool. The chase scene was dope. Like yeah, it was yeah. dope. Those suits were cool. But I think, especially in the world we live in today, with so many injustices happening across the world, with America having the reputation of always butting into other people's issues or or global quote-unquote problems and things like that, I feel like it is a fine line between trying to make a a really fun military movie, especially with G.I. Joe, and actually venturing into that military propaganda. Like, America is so great. Look at what we can do. Look at how we can help. Look at how great our military is and stuff like that. Because I feel like that's how a lot of the first three Transformers are, too, with Michael Bay living their military scenes because like they were pushing that shit hard and the military was dumb as fuck in those movies like (laughs) like our government was so fucking stupid (laughs) like yeah we have decepticons on earth you know what the solution is getting rid of the only niggas that can fight them (laughs) the earth immediately went to shit as soon as they thought the autobots was gone no, for real, nigga. Like, dead ass. He said, we will win this war like we always have. We lost. We we right. lost. We lost. We lost. We lost so bad. Oh, my God. That's hella funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But that's... to your point, I think I think it, it'll be a cool crossover if they can balance, balance right. the two and still have it's just make it a fun movie, man. We don't need the propaganda. We don't need to talk about how great white people think America is. Like, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I just, just don't feel make like it, fun. it shouldn't be that type. Like, I don't know why you would even want it to be that type of movie. Because it's like, obviously, J.I. Joe is what? That's what, 80s? That's 80s, yeah. 80s 90s? Yeah. yeah. 80s, 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 yeah. So it's like, it's like, I get that aspect, but it's like, it's a different it depends on what type of crowd you're looking for. So mm-hmm. if you're going for that, then obviously, you know, they're going to maverick the shit out of it, you know, because oh. <laughs> that's just how it's going to be. Or, you know, they're trying to keep up with this generation. So I think it just depends on what audience they're going to, they want to reach. Because G.I. Joe is old. And just like Top Gun, you know, everybody came to see that shit. I was more surprised mm-hmm. than anything. So they could go that route if they want money. Yeah, they could. I mean, you know how I feel about military movies. I hate military movies. I can't stand them. Like, there's only a couple 
I think that I enjoy. And really, I can't even think of two right now. Saving Private Ryan is definitely number one. Like, I actually enjoy that movie. But other than that, it's like, I don't I don't need the propaganda. I don't need I don't need to hear that. And like you said, it depends on the crowd they want to reach. Because right. do they want to reach the America crowd? You feel me? Or, or are they just wanting to reach the fun loving, like right. absurd action crowd? Because that's exactly what a Transformers and G.I. Joe crossover, that just screams absurd. That screams like Fast and Furious type action. And that's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing I expect from it. Like just give me that and we good, nigga. No for <laughs> Like I agree, and yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure at all. Yeah, so we'll see what happens from Transformers to GI Joe to how long they're actually going to try to keep this universe going. But switching gears just from action and animation, the Blackening. I mean, if y'all ain't seen the Blackening again with all of these movies, if y'all ain't seen them, I don't know what you're doing. The Blackening came out last week on the 16th on juneteenth well juneteenth weekend and honestly it's a great time like that's how i would describe it to anyone that asked me about it like this movie is just an absolute great time how you feel about it fam no yeah it's something we always talked about it's like we don't get comedy movies like this was just like if you're expecting like some top tier shit like get that out of your head like it's just comedy like Mm-hmm. You're just going in there to laugh, educate and laugh pretty much. And yeah, that's it. It really is just hella funny. Like I didn't stop laughing. Like I was really laughing. Like, <laughs> like I was dying. There was probably like 10 other motherfuckers in there with me, but we were all laughing and we were all, you know, yelling because we were scared. But I'm overall scary nigga be for nigga, real it's not like scare i'm talking like jump like you know what the fuck is around the corner come on guys come on <laughs> like let me close this door because <laughs> 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 you remember with the window seat he was like <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and close that <laughs> that's what right, i'm talking about <laughs> that shit creeped open he was like yeah let me go ahead and close that here thank no, you sir <laughs> that's what i'm saying so no it's like if you go in, just expect to have fun. Just it's something turn your brain off, you know, laugh, chuckle, enjoy it. But yeah, people really need to see it because it's like we don't get much. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is one of those movies that was unapologetic in its message and what it was trying to do. One, like you said, trying to have fun. But two, that was also trying to educate because it definitely has some things to say about blackness, how we perceive blackness in the black community, how you get your black card revoked and and things of that nature. Because, I mean, we tell jokes like that all the time. Like, nigga, you ain't did this. You ain't black. Or like, you trying to do that? That's some white people shit. Like, you feel me? And I felt like they found the perfect balance because, of course, we have movies like that that try to try to bridge the gap and, and talk about cultural things, but I feel like all these movies are held by Kenya Barris or Tyler Perry, and they have nothing new or refreshing to say. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and with those movies, particularly Kenya Barris, there's always a white person that has to be the foil or has to be the punchline or has to be our guide into this world of blackness. And I feel like with this movie, they were very intentional with it being an all-black cast and still having it be seen through a lens of blackness without a lens of white, without a lens of any other culture. 
it was just us and we could definitely relate to everything that was being said, everything that was being talked about from playing spades for being taught how to play spades. So that's exactly how it is. Like if you don't know how to play spades, you go to a table, even dominoes too. If you don't know how to play either of those two and you're like, Hey, I want to play. Cause someone teach me. They'd be like, sit your ass down and watch. And that's how you're going to learn. And like, that's exactly what they was talking about from that to putting hella sugar and Kool-Aid to putting hella tequila in the drinks to, even talking about relationships, when Melvin was talking to old boy and he was like, I'm a changed man. He's like, nigga, you say this shit every time you say you a changed nigga. And then that new nigga do some fuck shit. It's like, these things are regular conversation. I think that goes back to us talking about how characters actually feel lived in. Right. And they don't feel like they're being acted. Like, these people were acting like themselves. And it brings a level of authenticity that is needed when telling cultural stories. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Kenya Barris and now Tyler Perry have been lacking. It's it's just authenticity to me. It just feels like everything's so scripted now. And it's like you got people in the writing room like, what would a black person say in this instance instead of them saying, what would I say in this instance, especially if you're that black writer in that room? And it's like, I feel like that's a huge difference in how people write black people and how we see black people in cinema. You feel me? what you think? No, yeah, it's true. Because at some point, you know, you do just become scripted, you know, because you're now the, I don't want to say token, but you're token black dude in Hollywood. So it's like at some point, they do kind of put you in a restraint and you have to make the same product. And I feel like when you make that money, you're like, oh, damn, this works. So let me do it again. Oh shit! It worked again. Let me do it again. No, because what we went from, you know, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and now we're on what Boo fucking fifty five. <laughs> like, <laughs> like at some point here, nigga, you got to draw the line, and I think that's kind of just what happened. Like, um, same thing with Kenyon. It's like, you know, he did Blackish, right? That's him, right? Yeah, that's him. yeah. So it's Blackish, and it's like, oh, Grownish. And it's mixes, and then it's black as fuck, and then it's we black, and then it's wall black, and then it's black, black, black. It's like nigga, yeah, let it get go, a <laughs> get a grip. And I think that's kind of you know what happened. And it's like they they are you know those they're the black directors because I just read that Tyler Perry bought BET, so now we about to see Medea from twelve a.m. to twelve a.m. <laughs> I don't know if that's true though. I was looking into it and I was like, I don't see no reputable source yeah, saying hopefully, that. Shit. So hopefully I, it's not. I mean we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm all for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like it comes to a point where it's like, you know, you kinda gotta let some newish come in. And I think, you know, with the blackening, this is what exactly what we need. Like you said, it's it's no longer, you know, talking in third person, like, oh damn, what would a black person do? Oh wait, I'm black. What would I do in this scenario? And to me, you know, I would close that window. (laughs) I would close that window so fast. And then it's like like that whole debate. Oh, damn, we got to stick together. Ah, I hate to say this. I think we should split up. (laughs) Bitch, please. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, please. And I thought that was really funny because it's like, I know for a fact, I I am not going outside. I, Mm -hmm. I will promise you. 
I'm not going out there. I will die in this house. I am not going outside to be chased like no fucking animal. And I thought that was really cool because it really is a question in things like the stereotype is that we always separate and we die. But in this case, you know. Yeah. So, no, I think this is fresh. I think it's 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 something people will enjoy. If you open your mind to it, you'll laugh. If you don't, then, oh, bitch, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like we we're talking about, it's just fresh faces in Hollywood are just needed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like we're talking about Kenya and Tyler and and these people that have been in the industry for for years, for decades at this point. Right. And they just keep saying the same thing over and over and they have nothing new to say. And if they do have something new to say, it's just packaged in the same type of shit. Like, how many times are we going to get an interracial relationship? And someone makes a joke about that being white people shit or an interracial friendship because the nigga was a producer on White Men Can't Jump, the reboot or remake, whatever the fuck. And it wasn't even <laughs> like it. I just felt like it was a totally different movie that happened to have basketball and that they could slap that name on and be like, no, it's a remake because it was nothing like the original, which yeah. in itself isn't bad. Like you don't have to be like the original, but if you're going to do something different make it different and have it say something new and fresh instead of just recycling the same old that's some white people shit that's some black people shit jokes that you're using in your romantic comedies like it was essentially just an interracial romantic comedy just between two niggas that happen to be friends like you were saying the same jokes the whole time and with this movie i feel like again to your point when you said it was funny and it was educational i feel like that's a benchmark that every comedian and every comedy should try to hit. Like, I feel like comedy can be so enlightening and be so educational. Of course, we have just the dumb comedies that you're just going to laugh at and it's just dumb fun. And there's nothing wrong with those either. But if you're setting out to say something, I feel like it has to be educational too. And I feel like people going into this movie, especially if you're not black, you kind of get a look into how we feel within our own community. Because some people... They might, even going back to some of the videos I see with people talking about how when we were younger, watching anime wasn't cool and stuff like that, and how they used to get bullied and it wasn't black, it, like that's some white people shit, or talking proper and things like that. I never experienced that in my life, but I know that that experience is real in some areas and some spaces. Right. And I feel like the blackening did a great job in showing that black people aren't just a monolith and we have all these different experiences that can equate to either bad life decisions, good life decisions, to that can equate to bad experiences and good experiences. Because Clifton, the main villain in the whole story, I mean, he got told he wasn't black enough, essentially, and a lot of people have been told that, but they didn't go into a spiral because of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, those experiences, those choices help create who we are and how we grow and how we go through life. And I feel like that that was a great way to show that through the lens of black people instead of a white person doing it, right? Because if a white person was in there and they were saying shit like, oh man, that's not even black. Like, what? I thought y'all did this, this, and that. That's stuff we've already seen before. But coming from a black person and from our own community, within our own community, it just hits different. And it kind of gives you a different feeling and it kind of gives you a different outlook. It's how people view themselves. Because going back to the videos I see with people feeling like they've been bullied for not being black enough or they were doing white shit or they talk white and stuff. 
again, I've never experienced that. But when you see these people and they're making these videos and stuff, you'll have comments in there saying, oh, nigga, ain't nobody told you that. Stop saying this bullshit. Stop doing this bullshit. It's like, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know, like, you don't know their life experiences or, or how this has affected them. And I feel like, of course, the blackening took it to an extreme because it's a comment. Like, it's funny right. <laughs> the way he turned out and the shit he was doing and how weird he was. But I, I think that was very poignant. I think it was, it's timely now with a lot of the stuff that has been coming out. And I, I highly enjoyed it. And it was a great theater experience too. Like I said, we had basically a row in there of just the homies and it, it was a great time. It was a great time. That shit. That I shit was, was mad crazy. lonely, bro. <laughs> you had your other niggas in there. I mean, you ain't new, I ain't, but <laughs> right. It was my peoples, but I was still lonely. <laughs> I had the whole road to myself, nigga. What's going on there? It was just me. I'm weak. I'm weak. But yeah, but, man, go see the blackening. It's it's a great time. And what you rate it? You, I think I gave it a four and a half out of five. I think, because I mean, the villain was obvious, so like I, oh, I can't yeah. go all the way perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as you saw him, it's like, yeah, I was late. Nigga. I was late and still figured it out. <laughs> yeah, so like that brought it down half a star. But if it was, if it really got me, and the twist was like, oh shit, like that's a five out of five movie. I don't know what I gave it. I think I gave it a four. Yeah. I might have gave it a four. Damn near up there for sure. Yeah. Hopefully it gets some more money. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, same thing with like emergency. I feel like these movies keep just like not getting the traction it needs. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, obviously our people show up and show out. But, you know, if it ain't mainstream, I still feel like, you know, we should put it out there. Because there's still a lot of people that I feel like haven't seen emergency. And that came out what? A year? Maybe two? I think that shit came out two years ago, bruh. <laughs> nah, it did. It for sure came out two yeah. years ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like, you know, we have the new people, like, you know, new stories, but they're not getting pushed out like that. And yeah. that's why I, I was like, damn, when I saw Blackening, and I was like, oh shit, this is something that's actually coming to theater, not just on some streaming service. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sure. go see this. Yeah. Man, Cause, and it just sucks the time that it came out to, right. just with all these other movies coming out. I mean, came out the same day as The Flash, came out the same day as Elemental, Transformers still had its legs going, Across the Spider-Verse is still going at the theater. Like, it just has so much competition right now well, that I feel I mean, like it, it's just, it's getting buried. It's the battle of summer, you know? Like, that's just how it goes. Like, Niggas lose. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody bombed that weekend anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> every single person bombed. Everything bombed. Like. Every, everything bombed, bro. Like, because I, <laughs> and it sucks. Outside the flash, like fuck that movie. Rest in piss, nigga. Uh, but <laughs> everything else, because Elemental, like I told you, I saw it, right, and. Essentially, it's a basic Pixar movie. I'm not going to hype it up like it was just some masterpiece because it's not. Like, it follows the same emotional beats as pretty much every other Pixar movie. Um, but 
the marketing for it was terrible because the actual movie is not what it was marketed as. It's marketed pretty much as a rom-com. And it's just like, oh, opposites attract. Ha ha, this is cute. And while that is part of the story, the, the whole theme of the movie is finding out who you are by yourself. Like, it's not trying to find yourself in someone else or realizing that opposites can attract like it doesn't we don't have to stay apart like that's not the huge theme of the story while that is a theme the main theme is finding out who you are in yourself and it's also an immigration story like the the movie opens with her parents immigrating from like the fireland and they come essentially to america it's an allegory for america and fire people weren't even there yet and they had to build up their community and her dad created this shop and her what she thought was her goal in life was to take over the shop from her dad because her dad was getting old he was lightweight sick like she was like this is going to be what i i do for the rest of my life but she's talented in glassware and, and making these beautiful pieces of art from glass and she comes to realize like this is this is my gift this is what i want to do i don't have to take on my parents dream even though they gave up so much for me being immigrants not knowing the language cuz they had they even had their own language like f- the fire people had their own language and everything and it's like you get none of that from the marketing for elemental and it was marketed enough like i saw this shit everywhere like i saw the trailer and posters everywhere but the story that they wanted to tell, I feel like wasn't marketed as much as the Romeo and Juliet, they're star-crossed lovers, but they shouldn't be together because one's fire, one's water, one's black, one's white, That's one's what I Indian, thought. one's like right. And I it had a much bigger story to tell, and I feel like it could have touched way more people and a way bigger audience, especially with people being first generation Americans or or having those parents that were immigrants that gave up so much for them and they wanted to carry on the legacy while also grappling with their own dreams. Like it has some great things to say. Right. You just wouldn't know. But, <laughs> yeah, but nobody would know it. And I feel like that's why no one went to see it. Cause we've seen that story so many times. Yeah. So many times. Literally a thousand. But like, I mean, because I was reading, because obviously I didn't go see it, but I was reading, like, you know, comments and shit like that, and I saw, you know, obviously the first thing you see is, go woke, go broke. So that's one reason why people don't of course. see it. Of course. Second, I seen someone make a TikTok, and he was just like, bro, we broke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real shit. That too. <laughs> and then that the other too. one was, you know, oh, well, I mean, it's gonna come out on Disney+. Plus, So it's like, I could just wait it out. And so it's like, you know, and then four, like you, the way they market it was like, oh, this is just another movie we've seen, just a cartoon. So it's like, oh, well, again, I'll just wait. And I think that's, those are the reasons where it comes down to, because what, we saw Spider-Verse, Transformers, Blackening, what else did we just watch? Is that it? Fuck. Little Mermaid, right? Little Mermaid. Across the Spider-Verse, nigga. It's been week to week. (laughs) Week to week, nigga. And that's why, (laughs) hey, I'm not even gonna hold y'all. These movie subscriptions, go cop one, nigga. No, for real. Go, like, it it pays for itself within your first, like, two visits. And it's monthly. It's not even like you're paying weekly. Like, AMC is three movies a week for free. Like, that's solid as fuck. Especially for... 
for people like us, you feel me, that are going to go to the movies regardless. Right. Like the movies is your happy place, it's your safe space. You're excited to see all these different things. Get yourself a membership. Real because it, it, it'll save you so much money in the mall. And like honestly, like wherever you are, depending on where you are, do your homework. Like you got the Cinemark, you've got the AMC, you got the, you know, studio grills, whatever they're called, or whatever. I do Regal. Regal, it's unlimited. You know, you only gotta pay the fifty cents for you know the booking fee. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that your ticket's free. But it, again, yeah. it's monthly. So I went to see all these movies and I paid a total of two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So. <laughs> yeah. Cause like now that you said that that is a big thing. I mean, we're in a recession. It's very low key. Niggas don't really talk about it, but it's tough out here, man. And like yeah. Niggas are very wary about where they spend their money and wh- and where their dollars are going. Real shit. And if it's a movie like you said, that's a Disney release that they know is going to be on Disney Plus in like a month and a half. Nigga, why am I going to go spend my money? Say you got four kids. Say say you got a lady, a man, a partner with four kids. Nigga, you know how much money that is just to take them all to see an hour and 40 minute movie that's going to be on Disney Plus in a month and that's and a half? just a ticket, nigga. That ain't right. Food, We're not food. even talking about the food. Nigga, y'all better eat at home because <laughs> this shit is no joke, like for real. And it's like, I think Pixar set a very dangerous precedent with COVID and releasing their films on Disney Plus when... Turning Red should have probably been released in theaters for sure. Turning Red, I think, Um, because before that it was kind of it was touch and go. Like, are the theaters open? How open are there? How how many people can fit in the theater safely? Especially like when Soul came out and like Lucas. So like I understand those two to a certain extent, but Turning Red should have been their first movie back in theaters. For sure, if nothing else, Turning Red should have been. And then they chose to release Lightyear, and it's like, nigga. (laughs) Like, a Toy Story movie that's not really a Toy Story movie with a terrible story? Like, nah, that that wasn't the right move. And with everything going to the the streaming service, like I said, a month and a half, two months after release, what am I going to the theater for? Y'all... Y'all are creating movies. You're t- you're basically telling the consumer that these movies aren't meant to be seen on a big screen. Right. Like, th- it doesn't matter if you see it on a big screen or not. Because I couldn't imagine waiting until Across the Spider-Verse hit streaming services. Even if I wasn't excited for the character, just the way it looks. It's like, that's, it looks epic. I feel like I should see it on a big screen. Like, I'm not going to wait till it, I watch yeah. it on my TV at home. You feel me? And I feel like that's what Disney movies and, and Pixar movies are heading towards. It's like no one cares to see it in a the theater anymore. Yeah, and it's honestly happened to a lot of shit. Like, a lot of these movies, you know, it's no longer going to DVD. It's, you know, it'll be here on Peacock. Oh, it'll be here on Max. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be here on, you know, Disney+. Plus. And it's like no one, we're already paying month to month for these streaming services. So going in and trying to buy, you know, fifteen ten dollar ticket, you know, plus food, nigga, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I like you said, I could eat at home and watch this movie. I got plenty of buckets for popcorn, nigga. It all tastes the same. So that's just how it is. And you know, when I saw that video, I was like, yeah, I, I could understand that because I remember I had a message you. I'm like, bro, do you have like a membership? Because mm-hmm. you know, I just pay for Spider Verse, nigga. 
And then, you know, I was I got to pay for Transformers. I'm like, nigga, this is starting to add up. Yeah, for sure, nigga. Like, especially depending on if you're seeing it in IMAX, if you're seeing 4DX, if you're seeing it in the Dolby Theater. Like, there's so many different formats now where... Nigga, you seen it in IMAX? That will run you eighteen bones, oh, nigga, easily just by yourself. And you Not know. even talking about the processing fee if you buying it on the app or online. That part, because so, you know, I went XD, nigga, for matinee, and that was still fourteen. See, see, <laughs> I remember matinees be like <laughs> eight fifty, nigga. Oh, <laughs> oh god, oh that god, crazy. They goodness be like for real. <laughs> So, on one hand, I really understand why people wouldn't want to see Elemental, especially just with how it was marketed and things like that. But I I feel like it did have some good things to say. Like I said, it's still still pretty pretty much a basic Pixar movie with the same emotional beats and and things that will make you feel and stuff like that. But... I still think like I still think it had some some pretty good things to say about the immigration experience and and just finding your own way. So ultimately, I know if you ain't seen it by now, y'all probably not gonna see it. <laughs> so it'll be on Disney Plus in a month. All <laughs> for a circle, bro. Like at the end of the day, like we gonna see it. Not at this moment. <laughs> oh man, and it's black led, and I think the um. I think the fire, the firewoman Ember, I think she's Asian. I want to say either way, it's POC led for sure. Dope. So it's an, it's another film that I don't know. Caesar's winning this summer, man. I feel like 2023 is a, it's just a great year for, for diversity. Cause even transformers outside of the two human leads. I mean, most of the transformers are voiced by POC outside of Pete Davidson and Optimus prime and Optimus primal. Like, Everybody else, it's just like a range of people. They had their first transgender person voicing a transformer too. Like we we really up right now for real. And I'm not gonna even on TV because I mean we got Secret Invasion, Black Lead. Got I'm a Virgo on Amazon Prime, Black Lead. We got the Bear. I mean, I won't say it's led by her, but Sid is one of the main characters along with Carmi. So. I, I just feel like it's it's a great time to to see so many different projects that allow people to see themselves in these different roles. And I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a great time. And I know Secret Invasion just dropped. We could talk about the first episode really briefly. <laughs> <laughs> that shit sucked, nigga. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Like, maybe... <laughs> I'm trying because I was trying to think. Like you said, I was more excited than you. So I think in my aspect, there was just too much, you know, expectation. And it's just like, you know, I hear Samuel and I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm thinking like, it's going to be some top tier shit. I think that's my fault. Like, it just wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't it. Like, it was boring. Like, it was boring. I obviously enjoyed, you know, learning shit or whatever, maybe because it was the first episode because, you know, there was always been a pacing issue with these shows. And I think, like, maybe they're starting off slow to, you know, kill it in the end. Because, you know, my issue with Moon Knight was mm-hmm. starting off like, bam, nigga. And then it just went, <laughs> <laughs> So, like, whatever. And even with Wanda, it's like, ah. And it was like, nah. 
So I think that's just, you know, I'm hoping that is what it is. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, that's why I checked in with you after I watched it. Because you watched yeah. it before me and I knew you were more excited. So that's why as soon as it ended, I hit you and I was like, did you like this shit, bro? Like, <laughs> I need to know if I'm tripping. He was like, no. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Because I know. Because, like, yes, I'm excited for it. But it's not one of the things that was just on my list. Like, oh, this is it. This is going to be, like, top tier shit. Like, I just like this type of vibe for the MCU. The kind of right. thriller, spy. You don't know who to trust. Feel me? We in the trenches. Not really superheroes. And I like that vibe. And I was like, okay, okay, we gonna get into it. So I turned it on, and like halfway through the episode, I'm like, this shit is not hidden for real. Like, like you said, it was boring. Um, the villain isn't menacing. I think that nigga's just goofy. Like, I feel like the writing is just goofy. Like when he was in the square, and they was planting the bombs and shit, and the nigga was changing to different people. And he turned around and he and he held, he held the detonator up and pressed it. <laughs> and the nigga was walking through the crowd trying to look hella tough and hella menacing. I'm like, I oh, shoot that nigga in his face. I swear. And he just <laughs> wouldn't shoot. And I'm like, why are Bruh, you prolonging this? As soon as the little girl was staring at him, I literally screamed at the TV. I was like, shoot that little bitch. <laughs> her in her face like what are you doing and like, it you was saw clear him day. clear you saw him changing people like you knew he was a scroll walking through the crowd shoot him like i don't understand what's happening and then like i said it was just goofy with him walking through the crowd trying to look super evil and menacing it's just like i'm not getting anything from you that tells me i'm supposed to be afraid of you you know what i'm saying because like we watch some villains on the screen. You like, oh, this nigga different. Like, is this our first time even meeting him? Because I haven't seen him in. Yeah, this is the first. He he's not in it, any other yeah. Marvel projects up so to this like, point. Nigga, so you I'm don't just scare like, me. <laughs> and even the beginning, it was like so obvious that Ross was a scroll in that scene, right? And it's like this isn't building any tension because one, we saw Ross get broken out of jail by um Okoye at the end of Wakanda Forever. So, like, why is he in Moscow, first of all? Second of all, the way this nigga talking, like, this is not right. This isn't him. And then when he calls Maria Hill and he's like, I need an extract now. It's like, why is Hill working with him when we know Everett Ross is supposed to be on the run? And last time we saw him, he's with a coy. Like, nothing made sense at the time. And I was just like, he's a scroll. Like, why are we going through this whole conversation? and trying to build tension when it was just blatantly in your face and even when maria hill got shot at the end it was like uh okay like it wasn't like oh shit it was you like saw when i text you i was like she was due <laughs> she was due to get caught <laughs> like, it was about time bitch survived everything so like <laughs> your time has come baby like i was just waiting <laughs> But, you know, I'm heartless, so it's different for me. But, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm hoping. When's it come out? What is it? Like, every Wednesday or some shit? Every Wednesday. Yeah. Because, you know, me, usually, Wednesday, I'm on the shit. I'm like, all right, right, watch that bitch. 
nah. I was oh. like, I, I I might just binge the shit and wait till all the episodes are out because this shit's not moving the needle for me. At least the first episode, right? Like I'm gonna give it the benefit of doubt, cause right? That's episode right. one, but you know, you don't get two out of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying like I'm not gonna just dog the whole series. You know I mean, <laughs> one episode. All right, you got me the first episode. You got me. I watched it. I didn't like it. All right, cool. Next episode, especially in a six episode season, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the longest Marvel series was what eight episodes? I think. I have no idea. I think WandaVision was eight. I think. I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier was six, too. Like, most of them, I think, are between that six to eight episode range. Well, so you don't. It depends on the longevity of it, right? Because this was like, what, 50? Yeah, this first episode was long as hell. Long as shit. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't be... know. I think it might be know. six. But with that being said, you don't have time to fuck around, bro. Like, there's no time for filler episodes. And we really don't have no time for trash episodes either. So, like like you said, first episode, you got me. You know what? I ain't like it. It might get better. I'm going to watch the next one. The next one, you got to impress me, big dog. Like, you you got to impress me. Because after that, it's like, you know what? I'm going to watch the recap <laughs> after this whole shit's out just to see what happened. Like, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, again... Secret Invasion, first episode's out, new episodes every Wednesday. We we just gonna have to see what's up. But I know I mentioned I'm a Virgo. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this TV show. It's a new show on Amazon Prime. It's set in Oakland, you know. Anything Bay Area related, especially set in the Bay, you know I'm gonna watch that shit. Um and I feel like this show definitely captures the heart of the Bay Area. Um and it's about a 13-foot-tall, 19-year-old man that's really just a coming-of-age story for him. I mean, he's been sheltered his whole life. He hasn't left the house until now, until the series starts. He becomes friends with a group of social activists. I know it sounds like a super weird premise because it is a super weird show. But again, this is a show that has a lot to say. It's funny. I'm about halfway through. And again, every, I feel like everyone got Prime, really. So. If you ain't watching anything else, go ahead, turn this on. Black lead main characters, Jarrell Jerome. He was actually the voice of Earth 42 Miles Morales, too. So if you bore one day, not even if you bored, I say just turn this shit on. I recommend it just off the episodes I've watched. Like I said, I'm about halfway through. I know you said you was about to turn that shit on too, right? You just yeah, had to turn it on after this episode, yeah. I'm a yeah. Virgo, bro. So you know we're gonna support the folks. Not saying. Boo. Don't hate. Don't Lame hate. ass nigga. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't fuck about none of that shit, nigga. I'm a Virgo. You feel me? Virgo. Nigga turn on his radio voice. I'm a Virgo. You feel me? Virgo. Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. You <laughs> like Floyd on Smart Guy <laughs> after he got Marcus and Ah, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> Whatever, nigga. Anyways. Anyways. Like I said, man, we was trying to continue the energy of the Juneteenth episode that we were supposed to make. And I feel like this is the energy that our podcast is moving into. I mean, of course, we was always putting on for the blurs, always putting on for black people, 
for all the black nerds for whatever we're into, whatever we're talking about, whatever issues that we see in the entertainment industry. But we want to lean more heavily into that too. And I know we usually follow a format of the news, our reviews, what we're looking forward to, things of that nature. But at this point, we got our audience. Y'all rocking with us. We're going to talk about whatever the fuck we want, whether it's newsworthy or not. So now we've talked about all the Black-led movies, all the POC movies that are coming out this summer that we've already seen, the TV shows. And I just I just want to get your thoughts, bruh, on how you feel about Black cinema and the state of it nowadays. Because, of course, we have Black cinema through the 90s, through the early 2000s. I mean, we're in 2023 now. So how do you feel like it's progressed? Do you feel like it's taken a few steps back? Like, how you feel about it, big dog? No, honestly, sometimes I feel like it's non-existent. You know, for how much we were pushing out mm-hmm. around those times, you know, and you know me, I watch a lot of shit, <laughs> especially 90s. Thanks. Like, you know, that was my era of filming. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just watched all that shit, like everything everything from 90s to 2000s and still do and i think i think the way we were and how it was like i feel like we had black cinema you know with you know lawrence fishburne and ice cube and 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 you know just a bunch of other niggas that i can't think mm-hmm. of right now but <laughs> you know we we had our own identity you know with angela bassett she was always taking over um all the family movies we had like soul food or fucking you know the wood or something there's always something that we had and i feel like i don't know bro that shit just vanished and i really don't know why or what happened because to me i feel like a lot of those movies were actually pretty fucking good and i think somewhere around the line they just decided to stop and like you said it's been pretty much just tyler perry from here on out and you know at that time in my life, you know, movies were my life. Like, you know, that was just what I did. VHS, mm-hmm. DVDs, like, it's all I watched. And I watched all that shit, like, everything, nonstop, replay. And these were people who looked like me were doing things that I felt I wanted to do. Like, I love the fucking first barbershop. Like, I'll watch that for the rest of my life, probably. I love the wood. I will watch that for the remainder of my life. The Chris Tucker era, you know, Rush Hour, Money Talks, fucking Fifth Element. Like, I will watch all those forever because those are pretty much what we grew up on. You Mm -hmm. know, even when it comes to animation, you know, Lion King. That's some I will watch until the day I die. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's some part of us and something. And I feel like we just kind of stopped doing that. And I really don't understand why and that's why i enjoyed blackening so much because this is the first time i've seen this many of us on the screen in a long ass time together and mm-hmm. we were just doing normal shit it wasn't even like a horror movie it was just us having fun you know like when he tried to fight the killer dude he was like, <laughs> you ass can't fight like, I- man, that shit is funny like <laughs> Because it's like, true. Ah, you can't fight, nigga. Stop it up, beach. For real. Like, because a lot of people always talk about Buster Rhymes when he was in Halloween. And he fought the nigga. He's like, wait, nigga, hold on. I'll be, you go catch these hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how things used to be for us. You know, like with the Waynes. You know, they were big for us. That was huge. They were, they were around forever. You know what I mean? And I think somewhere around the line, 
we just lost that. Like all these people that started off, Wesley Snipes. Like niggas act like he just didn't exist. Nigga was giving us hit after hit after hit, bro. Like it was nothing. And you know, even like Michael J. White. Like people don't really understand. Like they only see him in Tyler Perry, but nigga, that spawned. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that nigga really got hands. Like he's I was gonna really say, lethal. Hey, he's a registered weapon. Like no cap, nigga. Like, like, bro. <laughs> we forget that. And I know, like, I don't know, bro. And I think I just miss that type of shit we used to get. And we definitely don't have that type of feeling anymore. And obviously, it's nice seeing us, you know, in the Spider Verse and you know all this other shit that's coming up. But I don't know, man. I just miss having shit that we would push out. You know. Like, there was just always something. Always. Like, there's not a time in our life where we didn't have anything. And there's still shit I'm watching now that I never seen back then. And I'm like, damn. We really don't do this shit no more. <laughs> what you think? Nah, I 100% agree with you, bro. Like, it's tough. Because we have these movies that come out that are black events, right? Like, we got Across the Spider-Verse. We had Black Panther, both of them. We had The Woman King, to a lesser extent. I mean, it came out pretty much right at the end of COVID. Of course, it's it's a slave movie, or quote-unquote a slave movie set in the slave era, and there, there are scenes dealing with slaves and things of that nature. So a lot of people were kind of turned off by that. But the point remains, like, we do have these movies that come out that are big events that do very well for us, where our people are seen on screen. But we don't have those movies that are everyday life, low stakes, rom-coms. We don't have these type of movies anymore that just make us feel even more seen than a superhero would. You know what I'm saying? Because right. of course we cannot we can identify with a superhero or or even these biopics that come out with these extraordinary individuals where it's like, oh, I've been through something like that before. Damn, he liked me for real. Like I would have did the same shit in that situation or some some thing like that. Where to your point, we don't get like a barbershop anymore. We don't get fucking like Mike anymore, even right. to a lesser extent. Like we don't get lottery ticket. We don't get roll bounce. We don't get Friday. We don't get brown sugar. We don't get love Jones. Like we don't get these type of movies anymore. And if we do get these type of movies, they're very low key and they're sent straight to streaming. Like Gabrielle Union has a rom-com that came out this weekend that I didn't even fucking know about. Cause it's just on Netflix, bruh. Exactly. Like I see your face. Cause you ain't nobody. <laughs> either like i just found out what about that yesterday what bro, I, don't, I don't even remember the fucking name right now i just added that shit to my letterbox watch this though uh, like it's crazy bro hold on i'm looking this shit up it's called the perfect find and it just came out on netflix this weekend it's her and keith powers i did and, see that nigga i thought that was a tubi movie <laughs> but i'm saying like Gabrielle Union, it has Janet Huber in it, the OG Aunt Viv, got Lala, Keith Powers, like, it's just a regular black rom-com, but I didn't even hear shit about it till this weekend. So, like, when we do get these type of low-stake movies where they aren't super-powered or (laughs) not riddled with black trauma, they're sent straight to streaming and we don't really get to hear about them if we do hear about them 
it's just so low key and it's they're not pushed essentially is my point even the blackening we got a whole theatrical release for this movie bro this shit's still not really getting pushed like that because one i understand it's the timing it's summer kids are out they want to see their favorite superheroes they want to see their favorite properties i get it like i i 100 get it but it's still not getting the push that i would like it to receive because it is that good and like of course it's probably going to grow into a cult classic people are going to be like oh have you seen the blackening oh yeah i used to love that shit and it's like it's not gonna be as big as it should have been right and i kind of miss those low stakes movies because again you can see yourself and identify with certain traits of a superhero with certain traits of an extraordinary individual that you've seen in a biopic it can be very inspiring and those movies are great i'm not saying they're not but we're not getting the output that we used to have and i feel like it's because we abandoned those low stakes movies that just made you feel like that's actually me like I I can see myself going down to the roller skating rink, roller skating every fucking Saturday with the homies. I can see myself just outdoors hooping with the fam. Like I can see myself going to a family reunion, welcome home Roscoe Jenkins, or like any of these movies that were so simple in premise, but also were very character driven. Like people give Bow Wow shit, rightfully so, because he turned into a corny ass nigga, but. With roll bounce, I mean, when it hit the drama portion of that movie, I don't know why I felt that shit. Like that shit was for real. Like it was real. I mean, both my parents are alive, thank God. But like, I could see, like Nigga. this was a <laughs> real moment. Like when he was smashing that car, and he was like, "You've been lying to us. You ain't even been going to work." I miss mom. My mom gave me my first pair of roller skates. Like, these were very lived-in moments that I don't feel like we get a ton of anymore. Like, even Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins with him having a rivalry with his cousin. And it was really just out of love and necessity because his cousin lost his parents. And James Earl Jones thought he had to be that father figure for him. And Martin Lawrence is like, hold up. I know he lost his parents, but I didn't have to lose my dad, too. Like... That movie is so dumb in so many parts, but when it comes to the drama and the real-life character-driven moments and the heart that they put into the movies, all these comedies and stuff that we had, they have these moments, and they're so real, and they're so identifiable, and they're not the main focus of the movie either. Because you could definitely make a movie with just black trauma and have that just be the main focus of the whole film. You feel me? Like, Medea's family reunion and, and things of that nature. Whole movie. Just trauma. Trauma. Like, it's bad. Like, Lynn Whitfield had to sell her pussy to feed her kids. Now she's hoeing out her daughter to this rich-ass nigga that beats her ass. <laughs> like, she she hoed out her other daughter. <laughs> like, it was, it was crazy. The whole much, movie. Man. You're finding out so much shit. And it's like, we can have these character moments and not make the whole movie a black trauma movie. You feel me? Like, of course, we all have our trauma. We all have things that we go through. Certain things need, certain stories do need to be told. And I feel like it's all about the way we tell those stories. And I feel like we're not even getting the chance to tell these stories anymore. Unless they're a, they're an already owned property. Pretty much. Like, unless there's a Spider-Man or unless 
they there's a story about I don't know a very important slave that freed people or just any type of not outlandish but you have to be almost extraordinary to to 100% relate to these characters that we're getting stories about where before nigga just owned a barbershop and wanted to keep the neighborhood safe a nigga was growing up in the bottoms in LA trying to get into fucking Harvard and Princeton or trying to get into a real life college that he just trying to make it out because he was that smart and dealing with liking things that people thought were white people shit and then having to sell dope like to, to make it out like it's just we we I feel like we just lost the recipes for these type of movies and I 100% agree with you like we we just don't get them anymore and I miss that type of cinema right because it was huge like nigga we was getting you know at some point Eddie Murphy and Spike Lee literally ran 80s and ran 90s it. like easily Denzel Washington too like these were the top niggas. They were the top dogs. And, you know, with Martin and then Chris Tucker and then I know you hate when I say this, Will Smith, but Fresh Prince was I big. Don't, bruh, like, it I was don't big. Hate it. I don't hate Will Smith, <laughs> bro. Stop trying to paint me like I hate Will Smith. I don't hate him, but you refuse to acknowledge his I, bad movie. I, I, what you mean? After what Earth. You mean? After Earth is bad. I like After Earth. See? You refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> that's not acknowledgement. It's my... It's what I like. It's my preference. Yeah, that's what's you up. I so like it. Ha- Wild Wild West. I don't like Wild Wild West. Okay, so is it a, is it a bad movie? It's not bad. <laughs> See, here we go. <laughs> it's not good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Anyways. Anyways. But, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> is that you want to acknowledge it? <laughs> I'm mad for saying. I mean. I enjoy it sometimes. Depending oh on the my theme. god! But no, for real, oh. it's like you said, bro. It's it's just you know. I feel like at some point, all the people we watch, you know, even like Omar Epps, like that shit was around yeah. a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I I speak on Lawrence Fishburne because that nigga was huge too. He may not mm-hmm. have been like catastrophic, but that nigga was a lot of shit. Samuel Jackson, like all these top dogs were around for so long, and. I don't know. It was like when the new age came in, it was kind of just like there was no torch passing. It kind of just like once Denzel fell off and then Spike Lee was like, I'm good. I ain't making shit else. I'm rich. I don't give a fuck. Patty Murphy. All of them kind of just like they just left. And there really was no one that just said, oh, let me grab it. I'm trying to be the next big thing. And I remember watching one interview because you remember Derwin from the game. Pooch. <laughs> yeah, pooch. And he was like, it's like I'm trying to be with the Will Smiths and the Denzels. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. You yeah. never got there. No. But never did. It's like there was no grind for anyone else for that. And I think that's kind of where it was like, okay, well, what's next? Like who's who's gonna be the next one? And no one came. <laughs> I agree. Cause I mean we're we're still actively looking. You feel me? And I feel like our next great black directors, um, I mean, you can call on names like Ryan Coogler, right? Um, Gina Bluth uh, Blywood, Luth Blywood. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but she directed The Woman King. Um, and there are like these up and coming directors that are doing great work. You feel me? And 
when it comes to them looking for actors and the act of like the torch passing and things of that nature, I feel like we were looking at like Jonathan Majors, like Mike B and like these people that were really coming up and it's like, oh, they're going to be the new Denzel. They're going to, they're going to carry the torch and they're, they're going to do all these different types of movies. They're going to do all this and that. And I just feel like we haven't gotten there yet. And not to say that we never will, because I mean, Hollywood is do always think, evolving, ever changing. Do you up? think we're putting too much? I don't know, putting them on a like putting them on that pedestal. Do you think we should take that away and just I don't know, like enjoy what they have given us? Because obviously, Mike B's been on a tear. Majors mm-hmm. was on a tear. <clears throat> yeah, other things. But do you think that maybe because, like we said, you know, passing the torch or whatever, there has been other black actors that came and you know did whatever. Do you yeah. think maybe we're putting it too much? Like, is that why? I don't think we're putting it too much because I don't think we recognize them as the next Denzel or right. like the best actor in Hollywood. Because now I feel like Hollywood has changed. And their model so much that it's not actor driven anymore. It's more property driven. You feel me? Like, it's not like, oh, this person has a movie out. I'm going to see it no matter what. It's, oh, Marvel has a new movie out. I don't really give a fuck who's in it. I'm going to still watch it. Or like DC has a movie out or there's a new Star Wars movie or it's all property driven instead of movie star driven now. Because, I mean, back mm-hmm. then, you feel me? Will Smith could have been in anything. You feel me? He was doing anything. He was like, doing anything. <laughs> he, like, nigga was in a Western. He was in a sci-fi alien movie. He was in another sci-fi alien movie. He was, he was, he was in a vampire movie. Rom-com. The nigga was, was in rom-coms. Every, like... And it didn't matter what he was in. You said, that's a Will Smith movie. I'm going to go see it. I like that. I like that. But now, it all depends on the type of project. So I feel like we've gotten way more picky with the type of projects that people take to the point where, like, I I like him. You feel me? But that's not not the type of movie I want to watch. And I feel like, to your earlier point, it also points to the times we're in and how picky we are with our money because money ain't coming easy like i get used to nigga i'm not trying to spend 15 dollars, especially if you don't have a movie membership i'm not trying to spend 15 dollars on one ticket to see a movie that i think might be ass just because i like the actor we were willing to take that risk before right because the actor was just that nigga to us it was like right. Hollywood was driven by actors. That's a new Denzel movie. That's a new Viola Davis movie. That's a new whoever is your favorite actor, actress, whoever it was. That's their movie, so I'm going to go see it. Now, it don't really fucking matter who's in the movie, especially if it's a property that you really fuck with. Okay. So I feel like that's different. And in terms of passing the torch, I don't think we put too much on it because I I haven't really heard anyone even talk about it that much. Lately, right. I know we were talking about it, or that was a conversation before. Um, but now, I I feel like it just won't be passed. Like we're we're past that at that point. At this point, it, it's no one is Denzel in this generation. Uh, at least no one that's proven it. You know what I'm saying? Not like, me, yeah. no one has that proven track record. No one has those proven performances where it's like that is the best actor in Hollywood. Because that's a title Denzel had. Like, 
he is the best actor in Hollywood, black or white. Black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. That's that nigga when you see him <laughs> walking down the fucking street. But now it's like, who is the best actor in Hollywood? Like, no one holds that title, really. Whether, yeah. no matter the race, no matter the ethnicity, no one holds that title right now to me. It's like, Not to me, no. And I feel like also that's because people are also staying in their lane and staying in their properties. Niggas getting locked into 360 fucking 500 years deals with these studios. No, true. <laughs> and it's like, you can't do what you want anymore. No, yeah. I like that you said that because it is true. It really isn't based on actor. It's based on yeah, no, that's that's some real shit. That was good. I'm glad I asked that because I was curious. Because, yeah. I, mean, Ooh, I got no, a little no knowledge. Oh, because man. it's true. Because when we think of eras, you know, obviously we think of Eddie for 80s mm-hmm. and, you know, we think of Denzel. We think of Martin Lawrence. We think of Chris Tucker in 2000s because that nigga was running the world. Wesley Snipes was up there as well. Lawrence Fishburne was from 80s, 90s, 2000s. Decades. You know, Ice Cube went from, you know, rapping about this, that, and the other to pretty much running, you know, having all the Fridays, uh-huh. all the barbershops. Are we there yet? Are we done yet, nigga? Like, there was a point in time he didn't even know how to act, but he still figured it out and took over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was based on, like, oh, shit. A new Friday's out with Ice Cube. Oh, we gonna go see that. That's easy work right there. And I know, like you said, Bow Wow talks about shit. But Bow Wow was giving us hella shit, too. <laughs> yeah. Hits, man. <laughs> and Hits. I think, you know, Brandon T. Jackson was supposed to be up next. And obviously, that didn't go the way we thought it would for comedy. And then the Waynes, you know, they were 80s to 2000s as well. But mm-hmm. even then, you know, it became the Marlin. And Marlin was like... <laughs> Let me tell y'all, I'm actually the funniest nigga here. And when Marlon was in some shit, we went to see that shit. If the Waynes were labeled on that, that's what we saw. So yeah, no, that was that was actually a really good point. Yeah, smart ass nigga. <laughs> I mean, you know, culture and the poly degree on my mama, nigga. You know, <laughs> but like for real, uh, it's it's just so different now in in terms of how black cinema is viewed and and how we get things done. Because I feel like a lot of people also have their own production companies now. But looking at it, it's like, okay, but where are the productions? You know what I'm saying? It's like, because right. I know Tessa Thompson has one. Mike B has one now. Um, and of course, we just got Creed and stuff. And Creed 3 was solid and everything. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, people are putting out quality content, but right. it's just... Do you think we're asking for too much? That's my next question. Do you think? No, I don't think. I don't think we're asking for too much. I think. I think. I think the problem is that, like you said, it's no longer based on actor. It's based on what's come out. Because, like you said, we just want to see the 80th fucking Transformer movie made in the last ten years. Mm -hmm. Because they just keep making them. You know, like you said, like obviously I like Michael B, but of course I'm going to see Creed three, not necessarily because Mike B's in it. Yeah. Because it's it's Creed, <laughs> you know right. what I mean, and that's I think that's that's the problem. I think we're so built on what we were, you know, seeing how star power was. Like celebrities were huge, but now with social media, we see so much of them. It's like nigga, I don't give a fuck what you're doing. You're not like you don't have that star power anymore. So now it's based on oh, I guess we gotta go see this Marvel movie because I promise you. 
in my earlier days. I'm not watching the movie with fucking Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, I'm just not. Like, I did it before when they weren't in Marvel. So, like, yeah. it's like, there's, they're not telling me. Like, I'm not going to see y'all. I'm going to see Marvel and what they did. It's based on the studio, production, you know, animation, the styles, cinematography, everything. And I think that's why I liked the Oscars so much at that time, because it was based on, you know, star power, celebrity, seeing Denzel holding Oscar, Cuba Gooding Jr. holding one, Sidney Portier. All these people were so big that we enjoyed seeing our people reach that high achievement. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. It was like, damn, our folks won that shit. You know what I'm saying? But now, so I don't give a fuck who on there. <laughs> you can win it if you want. They just giving these out at this point. They here take one. <laughs> Everybody oh get one. Oh so yeah, it's just different. So I don't think I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't. I think it's just times change, nigga. Unfortunately. Now my next question is: Do you think studios are afraid to tackle black cinema and black stories? as a result of them not having black people in like their writing rooms and black directors and things like that? I think now. Yeah, I think, I think now. Yeah. But I mean, it, I feel like black cinema was based on us. There was Mm -hmm. black people in that room. Like there's a lot of people who were in these movies, you know, AJ Johnson who played Ezell. He's a writer. Like he's a comedian, Jamie Foxx, like mouse and whatever the hell his name was. And, in the TV show, those are writers. Like there was people in the movies that were the writers that were helping them write these scripts. And I think somewhere around the line, they just stopped hiring these niggas and started thinking they had to go a different route. And I think the table that they had is what made black cinema. But for some reason, that table's gone. Now it's just a bunch of random motherfuckers, you know, like with Kevin Hart and the paper boys, paper cup boys, you know, that was this table. Like they were they were one. But now like, I don't even think these niggas right for him because he's not that funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think now it's just a different like like it all comes down to the time and times have changed. It's no longer black semina written by all black. It's now black semina written it's <laughs> directed and you know there's movies that I think, oh, it's Black Cinema, and then I look, and so it's a white director. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think that's part of it, and I think the other part is not having any fresh voices, like we've right. been talking about. Because, yeah. I mean, Tyler Perry has complete control over all of his projects. Right? You feel me? Like, if you're the writer, producer, like, if you're the everything of a project, and you have nothing new to say, nothing fresh to say, you got to get some new new faces in there. You got to get some people with different experiences than you. Like, and it's not even something where you just got to have all black men or all black women. Like, you got to have people from all different types of life, all different walks of life in these rooms to help you create these stories. Because the, look outside, nigga. Like, we're not all the same. And like, I and with these stories that come out, it just feels like they're all catering to one specific audience you know what i'm saying and it's like we gotta we gotta get past that and get these newer people in these rooms new directors new producers give them the money give them the chance give them the opportunity to make something beautiful and to and to actually 
try to break into this industry. Because again, we keep seeing the same people. And I also feel like, I mean, this is me speculating. I mean, I have no data to back this up or anything, but I feel like just black directors and producers just don't get the opportunities that other people get. Like, especially opportunities to waste money or to to just put out some fuck shit. Like the nigga that is doing fucking the idol with the weekend and shit then that does euphoria sure euphoria did very well and does very well i'm not saying that it didn't make hbo money or anything but ultimately they giving this nigga money to just do whatever the fuck he wants and to make pornos and shit like why the fuck are we just throwing money at this nigga to make the idol with the weekend like (laughs) and you mean to tell me y'all don't got enough money for a uh not even a blockbuster like give niggas money for an indie film like you know what i'm saying and and i mean like a lot of the movies we get are indie films anyway like tiana taylor just had a film earlier this year that was an indie film that was getting critical like critical acclaim and everything right they cloned tyrone i'm pretty sure is an indie film that's going straight to netflix it probably have a limited release but again that's a straight to streaming movie and you have jamie fox john boyega and tiana paris in it and you mean to tell me that can't get a, a major theatrical release? That's crazy to me. And it looks hella good. They clone Tyrone looks so good. And it's an it's an original story and it looks so smart and so well crafted, but we still can't get a theatrical release for it. What niggas gonna say, oh, it was number one on streaming on Netflix for a week? What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, stop yeah, trying to give us these weak ass accolades and shit. And actually show us the fucking money, nigga. Like, give us the bag. <laughs> like, that ass, this is bullshit. No, it's true. Because honestly, I forgot that was even coming to Netflix. Because to me, like you said, with that cast, that should be in a theater. Yes. Like, without question, that should be in a theater. Like, that's not in the theater. <laughs> but they put, like, red shit <laughs> that I've never even heard of in theater. <laughs> Come on, bro. Let's be honest. That Jennifer Lawrence movie that came out this week needs to be a straight-to-streaming movie. But it got a theatrical release. Truly. Truly. And I think wow. that's because they still base her on star power. But to me, she ain't really got that. I don't know why she's on that pedestal, obviously, because of Hunger Games. And I believe she won an Oscar for, for something. I don't remember I what it was. I think she won it for, uh, it's not American Graffiti, American Hustle. Was it American Hustle? Was she in that shit? I don't know. There's a lot of white people in that movie. I don't know. (laughs) Was it Silver Lining? Playbook? Oh, she might have. Because I feel like everybody got nominated for that. Yeah, everybody was. Yeah, I don't know. But she won an Oscar. So I think they're still going based on, like you said, star power. So she's one of OGs in the sense. So to her, it's like, oh, my name's on this. I'm a sale. But you know, I think she's in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, it ain't man. gonna sell. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just tough to see us come out with such quality and have it go unnoticed. Right. And I feel like, and I want to say, and I feel like you mean the same thing too. When we say black cinema isn't the same or has taken a step back, we're mostly talking about the opportunities. We're mostly talking about the output and the type of movies that we get. Right. At, at least on a on a bigger scale, because yeah. 
the smaller movies we've seen, especially like on streaming and stuff, they're so good. Emergency, the harder they fall. I feel like they clone Tyrone's going to be solid. Um, all these smaller movies that we get are so good. And even the bigger ones, like the blockbusters that are part of whole universes and stuff. And even the woman King, like we do get great black cinema. Like, don't get us wrong. Like we still get very good movies. It's just the fact. Yes. It's just the fact that they're so limited and the fact that we just are not getting the same opportunities to tell our stories that I feel like we were getting back in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. Like, we had so many opportunities to tell our stories, get all of these different movies, even small-scale movies like the ones we were talking about, into theaters, and they make hella money. And I feel like people just... They, they don't value the black dollar like they should. If it looks like something we want, nigga, we gonna spend money for it, for sure. Like, yeah. It is what it is, and we've proven it time and time again. But I feel like all these studios, like, they don't believe in our projects. Like, even there's a movie out right now, uh, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. And it's like a take on Frankenstein. And it has rave reviews. It has over, like, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and everything. Like, everybody loves this movie. Limited release, straight to streaming. I think that shit is available to buy on Amazon right now. (laughs) Like, come on, bro. Like, come on, nigga. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. But here's to the future, man. Like, I feel with all the quality that we do come out with, I mean, it has to get noticed. It has to. I, I don't. I know history is, has said that we're still going to get overlooked, but I'm still feeling optimistic that we're making we're making steps in the right direction to get yeah. this money and to get this back in yeah, and to get this shit popping. I think, it, yeah, it just comes down to, like like you said, I think, it, unfortunately, it's, it's based on what the project is. I don't think, I don't think we'll ever get back to that star power. Yeah. Because. Going to mm-hmm. the red carpet and watch these niggas go to premieres. That was the it thing to do. But now, mm-hmm. you know, we can see these niggas, you know, in their draws drinking coffee. Yeah. Like, it's just different now. So, Ooh, think, for yeah. that, actually, do you think celebrities have become too accessible? Hell yeah. They have to. <laughs> they have to because that's, that's the, that's where we are. Yeah. You have to be accessible. People want to be in your lives. There's only a few celebrities who are so limited in the world, like Jay Gyllenhaal, Ryan Gosling. All they don't do none of that. Like most mm. niggas forgot Ryan was even married to Eva. Like they True. have kids. You yeah. know what I mean? Jake's only notable thing is that he dated Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> and that you don't know nothing else about him. True. And there's only a few selected that are like that. Like Will Smith, at one point, no one's ever seen him, except for in the movie. But now, we know his whole life. His whole world. And Denzel, honestly, we still don't see him like that. And then John David Washington, I didn't even know he had kids, so I met John David Washington. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Watching and, Ballers, we are like, like yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I mean. So now, like we said, it's just a different time. Like, everyone has Twitter. Everyone has Instagram, TikTok. Like, there's still celebrities right now that are now joining TikTok. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like people forgot about Leon Thomas from August Rush and Victorious. They didn't know he won Grammys and has been making songs for everybody. They didn't know about dude from um Toby from Sister Act Sister Two. Sister Act Two. Yeah. yeah. They don't know about these people because they were off the grid, just working. Out of, out yeah, the way. Just working. So it's different now. Now, now you have to be accessible because that is what drives you to your next project, to your next gig to your next sponsor you know you have to be out there now it's different for some who are like i don't need all that me and you we ain't social media people we just don't care i don't care what you're doing like i don't yeah (laughs) you're rich (laughs) like if anything you're making me mad that i can't do that stuff (laughs) on god like i don't know like the goal isn't to be famous or like to be seen by everybody and have everyone know your every move and and all the different stuff like as long as me and my family straight people i love good like i i'm solid and i feel like of course this is speculation but i feel like a lot of the famous people that have to be accessible are that way too and it does suck that they have to do that and it also sucks that i feel like it's hurting the industry a bit where it's like it has hurt the industry i'm not i don't really care about you really anymore like when Mm. before people be tucked away for four months shooting a movie you see that first trailer you're like oh shit i haven't seen them in a minute and that movie looks good like that piques your interest even more but now see this nigga fucking waking up eating waffles and shit like on pop star (laughs) feeling pretty mellow (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, true. Like and that's that's why we like that movie because yeah. it's really real. Like that's yeah. how they are. And I, I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, Jennifer was gone, and I think that's what they're thriving on because she she was off the grid because she had a little backlash. She hadn't been making shit for a while. Yeah, the last thing before this was that "Don't Look Up" shit. I think so, and yeah. no one watched that. So <laughs> that's crazy. That's so crazy. now, and it was straight to streaming. How you not watch that and that yeah. shit on your TV? And I've seen a lot of comments are like, oh, I love when these, you know, big celebrities start doing raunchy shit. And that's what's driving it. It's because she raunchy. Basically, I feel like everybody's going to see this movie because they're just going to see her get naked. You see what just happened when we've seen Zendaya get kissed on the neck by two dudes. They They went went fucking crazy. crazy. They went crazy. And that movie looks dumb as hell. They went nuts. And they don't care. All they're thinking about is, damn, somebody's sucking on Zendaya. Now we can make fun of Tom. AKA that, me, and they was, like, <laughs> look, they was like, ooh, look at her look looking at, up on that bench. Right. It's like, y'all are fucking like, weird. Did y'all watch the trailer? <laughs> did, and people was calling that shit a rom-com and shit. I'm like, this is not a fuck. And another example of this director that's getting money to put out this bullshit for no, because he's the same nigga that had Timothy Chalamet play like a minor fucking his teacher. I remember that movie. That was crazy. It's like, dude, are these not red flags to y'all niggas? Like, that's just let's world, throw bro. another thirty mil at him so we can watch the day of a threesome. Like, I told you about the idol, bro. Like, in less than fifteen minutes, nigga, she had a fucking picture of her with nut on her face. <laughs> like, see. See, that's what I'm talking about. We got real real people trying to tell good stories, whether they're funny, whether they're dramatic, whatever. Like, we could have quality shit, and we getting, re- like, revenge porn and torture porn. 
on HBO every fucking Sunday. <laughs> oh my god! Like, come on, man! And like, again, this ain't to knock, like, yeah, because I watch it for you, so I can't judge. Yeah, because I mean, I don't watch it, but like, it's not to knock people that do. It's just, just a conversation, just about the type of projects that get funded, get made. And the type of black projects that have to fight for their funding, have to fight for visibility, that and they could be they could be exactly the same. They could be raunchy, they could be whatever. And like they they won't get half of the attention, half of the funding, no matter who's in it, no matter what studio is trying to push it, it it's just crazy to me. Like the inner workings of Hollywood is just are just so interesting. And it's I feel a whole like different world. It, it's just insane. It's insane. <laughs> I think that's the difference because, like, to me, obviously, I watch a lot of this shit. So, like, I'm more. I guess I'm in between. Mm-hmm. So it's like I watched the Euphoria. I've seen. I turned on the Idol. So it's like I can't judge it. Because obviously, you see me, I watch Euphoria faithfully. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong with you. Yeah, I got problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just, unfortunately, it's just, I guess, the times. So, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. hope you had a good Juneteenth. <laughs> it's Juneteenth now. We're in the, we in the 20s. All right. Hey, that's the name of the episode right there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> But love to kick it with y'all. You feel me? Class is dismissed. That's all we got for y'all. You've been rocking with J Rock. Me, Fly Smith. Long ass episode. Yay!